Hello and welcome to another episode of But Have You Heard About? I'm your host, Courtney. Today I'm joined by my friend again, Anna Maria. Hi! So we are really excited today because we are going to kick off what I have decided is my civic duty to the country to teach you about your government because heaven forbid we go look on Facebook or Twitter right now because everybody's just saying random things that they don't understand. Before we can really get into the government and talking about things that a lot of people really don't know, we need to kind of go about how the government is organized. I know this sounds super basic, but to be that complicated Kate that we're going to be in like a few episodes, we got to be the basic bitch first. So going back to, I don't know when we learned about government in the first part of my life, maybe elementary school. Like with fourth the, grade? Maybe. Eh? Like the third. Okay, so we have three branches of government. You have legislative. They're all elected officials, though there are definitely exceptions. And when I talk more about the legislative, we'll totally talk about those exceptions. The legislative branch makes the laws. It is composed of Congress which is elected by the local constituents. So even though you may live in Florida and hate freaking Nancy Pelosi over in California, it doesn't matter unless you move to her district in California. You don't get to vote for her. It doesn't matter. So get over it. She's somebody else's rep. Okay? Okay. We have the Senate. They have six-year terms. They have 100 elected senators total and two senators per a state. So what does that mean? Every state is represented by two people. It doesn't matter if they have a huge ass population like California or Texas. They still have to play nice with states like Maine and Montana that have like a population of five people. Next, you have the House and a House rep has two year terms. And right now it is composed of 435 voting representatives. And the number of representatives from each state is based on the state's population, which is conducted during da, 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 the census. So hopefully you filled that out. If not, you're not getting represented and you might have had your district gerrymandered even worse than it already was. Who knows? We'll find out in 2021. There are also no limits on how many times you can run or be voted in for those offices. If you want to run every freaking time there's election and never get voted, well, God love you because apparently people voting for you don't. <laughs> Up next in our three branches, we have the executive which is elected and also appointed slash voted in by the Senate positions. This branch of government carries out the laws. What does that mean? The Department of Justice is under there. So they have the agencies. It also is a president who is elected representative from the electoral college from the popular vote of their state. It's real complicated. So you might win, as we've seen in multiple elections, the, what is that vote called? Popular vote. Thank you. So you might win the popular vote by millions, but it doesn't matter if you don't win electoral. So this was set up years and eons ago. So you didn't get these big states. Big states back then is literally the population of Montana today. Controlling states with the population of the city of Bozeman, Montana. (laughs) So you have this very different just way of representing and having things carried out and how they're voted. So again, go into that way later on. Doesn't matter. So the president is the head of state. He is the head of the U.S. government and obviously the commander in chief of the U.S. military. The vice president is the other person on the ballot that is tied to the president, but not held to the same standard. Kind of like the offensive coordinator on a football team. They only get praise when stuff goes good, but when it goes bad, they can just be like, nah, man, that's the head coach. Not it. Not it, man. So the head coach will always get reamed out while that offensive coordinator chills on the side, which literally is how a lot of vice presidents have viewed the VP position. Key point, LBJ. He definitely thought it was boring and he wanted to go back to being a senator while also being the vice president. So the vice president is also the presiding president and the tie-breaking vote in the Senate. Again, we'll go in more detail about these things because sometimes it's a lot of info. Again, basic stuff until we get to go fancy stuff. 
Also part of the executive branch is the cabinet. Those annoying people like Betsy DeVos that you swear you could do their job better than them. They are appointed by the president or his administration, or I don't know, he picks them out of People magazine. And obviously we say he because it's never been a woman. So we all know that he's just going to sit here and use a dartboard and do whatever he wants. I mean, there are a lot of people have experience. And then a lot of people, as we found out, even with George Bush, when he appointed the person over FEMA, had no idea what they were doing, especially during Katrina. But they are approved by the Senate. So you can also blame your senator when they vote for Mm dum-dums. Most agencies like the FBI and the CIA and the DEA and and they are all nominated by the president and must be approved by the Senate. So all of those heads, CIA head, FBI... They also serve as a president's advisors and heads of various departments and agencies. While they are unelected, they are able to be fired or resign and have interim directors before approvals by the Senate. Again, complicated process. We'll talk more about the cabinet and agencies as well later on. Okay, going into the last branch of government, which is judicial. They are all appointed by the president or that president's administration and approved by the Senate. The one that we should all hopefully be familiar with by this point in time, especially out of this election season, is the Supreme Court. And this is not to be confused with the Supremes, because Diana Ross ain't about your life if you're going to confuse her with those old people. The nine justices are nominated by the president and only nominated when there is an opening. They also have one as a chief justice. Not really important. It's just a title and there's formalities. It's like when you get elected to be like the leader of your Girl Scout troop for a day. It's cool and all, and there's formalities, but it don't mean jack. Let's just be real. I'm sure Chief Justice John Roberts would be very upset with me to say these things, but get over it. (laughs) Also part of the judicial is them other courts, which is the smaller federal courts. There are lower federal courts, but they were not created by the Constitution in the beginning like the Supreme Court was. Congress established them around the country to handle federal business as the country grew using power granted by the Constitution. So all three of these branches are written into the Constitution. The majority of what they do is also written to the Constitution. So. Today, we're going to go a little in depth over these three branches, but we're really going to talk about checks and balances, which is not just an American term. This has been around for centuries. They've been used by a lot of philosophy, um, philosophizers? I don't know. Philosophers. Philosophers. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, they've been used by philosophers um, to talk about how government should be ran, how it should be for the people, checks and balances, having the separation of powers. The U.S. Constitution does not explicitly indicate the preeminence of any particular branch of government. However, James Madison wrote in Federalist 51 regarding the ability of each branch to defend itself from actions by the others that, quote, it is not possible to give to each department an equal power of self-defense. In a Republican government, the legislative authority necessarily predominates. So what do we got to do when you have a branch that is predominating others? Because again, if you are making the laws, you get to make the rule of land, you kind of feel a little bit more powerful than any of the other branches. Even though the Supreme Court evaluates those laws, it takes years for that to happen. So we need checks and balances. There's a lot of different ways that our government interacts with itself during checks and balances, right? Yeah. I mean... Would you like to name one off the top of your head? Like veto power? Yes, definitely veto power. So the president can veto legislation created by Congress and nominates heads of federal agencies. So basically, while Congress is over here making the laws, he has the federal agencies and dictates how they, you know, distribute those laws, make them possible. However, obviously, if the president vetoes legislation, it can go back to the House and the Senate. And by two thirds majority on both sides, the House and the Senate can overturn that veto. But again, complicated things for later. Also, Congress confirms or rejects the president's nominees and can remove the president from office in exceptional circumstances. 
So while there have been multiple presidents that have had an impeachment trial and technically been impeached, doesn't necessarily mean too much because we don't always throw them out. Yeah. Yeah. Like Clinton. Like Clinton. And And Trump. The next one is the justices of the Supreme Court can overturn unconstitutional laws and they are nominated by the president and confirmed by the Senate. So another fun thing about Congress is that the House is the one who does the taxes. The House is basically in charge of the purse. Again, there's checks and balances all throughout everything. I want to give a couple examples of how checks and balances are basically at work. The president, who is the head of the executive branch, as we have mentioned, serves as commander in chief of the military forces. But Congress, which is the legislative branch, appropriates funds for the military and votes to declare war. In addition, the Senate must ratify any peace treaties. Did you know that we're technically still at war from World War I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because the Senate didn't uh, do the job. Yeah. And while Congress has the power of the purse, as it controls the money used in any executive actions. So they got to ask for money. It's fine. The president nominates federal offices, but the Senate confirms those nominations. Within the legislative branch, each House of Congress serves as a check on possible abuses of power by the other, as I kind of mentioned before. Both the House of Representatives and the Senate have to pass a bill in the same form for it to become law. 100%. That's why we always see like a bill that is never just one. It's like multiples. It is. Because you want to appease somebody in the Senate and you want to appease somebody in the House. So if the House is controlled by one political party and the Senate is controlled by another, it is very hard sometimes to get them to work together. And that's why you have those different positions in Congress and the Senate, because they'll go work together to make basically the rest of their party get on board. Mm -hmm. Always fun. So there's also veto power. As mentioned before, once Congress has passed a bill, the president has the power to veto that bill. In turn, if Congress is like, what the fuck are you doing? They can override a regular presidential veto by a two-thirds vote of both houses, which definitely happened a lot during FDR's presidency. The Supreme Court and other federal courts, which is the judicial branch, can declare laws or presidential actions unconstitutional in a process known as judicial review. However, you can't just bring something to the Supreme Court. It literally has to make its way there. If you want to sue somebody because you're like, I don't like this law that's been passed, because it's not fair, you have to go through all these processes before you can, you know, get to that point. So that's why it takes a long time for things to be overturned. And that's also why we're still hearing cases about DACA. Obamacare. Yeah. In turn, the president checks the judiciary through the power of appointment, which can be used to change the direction of the federal courts. So not only do you have the Supreme Court and those nine justices, which can always be changed by the House, you can lessen it or you can extend the amount of people on there. FDR tried to pack the court with 15 judges. What? Six more just because he was like, I want everybody that is in there that's over the age of 70 to get out. (laughs) Didn't happen, but you did get a couple people to resign. Also, by passing amendments to the Constitution, Congress can effectively check the decisions of the Supreme Court. Because obviously we had prohibition, Mm -hmm. which the Supreme Court also upheld. But then we have the passage of another amendment to get rid of prohibition. Yay! Yay, Yay, alcohol. That's my favorite one. (laughs) Congress, consider the branch of government closest to the people, can impeach both members of the executive and judicial branches. I think we forget about this, but it does take more than just, you can't willy nilly it in. Just like with an impeachment process, there has to be due process. You can't just decide one day, bro, we're going to go impeach. I don't know. Like maybe you really do want to get rid of John Roberts. The only way you can get rid of basically a Supreme Court member in that review would be if they really came out and were like, you know what? 
I'm going to do whatever the Coca-Cola company tells me to do going forward. And that would basically be like, "Mm, yeah, that's not what you're here for. It's not how it works. And also, unlike the state of Texas, who votes in their judges for whatever weird reason, you are appointed for life when you have a federal position in the judicial branch only. Also, talking about retirement, you only have to serve the government for six years and then you are locked in forever on their retirement benefits. So that's one term as a senator, full term, or three elected terms as a House of Rep congressman. Today I learned. Have these balances ever needed to really be enacted? Like, have we had to veto things? Have we had to have judicial review over laws that make no sense? Obviously, because white men really love power and they love to abuse it. See all of the history, especially during imperialism. Prime example is the War Powers Act. If you don't know much about it, that's fine. You probably studied American history in the U.S. because no one ever really got to Vietnam. (laughs) So the United States Congress passed the War Powers Act on November 7th of 1973, overriding an earlier veto by President Nixon, who obviously was the most upstanding president we've ever had in this country. Totally. Who called it an unconstitutional and dangerous, dangerous from him, (laughs) check on his duties as commander in chief of the military. The War Powers Act, created in the wake of not only the Korean War, but during the controversial Vietnam War, stipulated that the president has to consult with Congress when deploying American troops. If, after 60 days, the legislator does not authorize the use of the U.S. forces or provide a declaration of war, the soldiers must be sent home. We have seen loopholes beyond loopholes about this, but obviously this has definitely been put in check sometimes. Yeah? Yeah. So President Ronald Reagan deployed military personnel to El Salvador in 1981 without consulting or submitting a report to Congress. President Bill Clinton continued a bombing campaign in Kosovo beyond the 60-day time in 1999. So over here, abusing powers. In 2011, President Obama initiated a military action in Libya without congressional authorization. The last war that we can really talk about the fact that the War Powers Act didn't have to be used would be um, going into Afghanistan. Obviously, we've also had, we didn't have to use the War Powers Act because we did pass a um, resolution of war by both Congresses. And you can go back and check who voted on the war in Afghanistan in 2001. So in 1995, the U.S. House of Representatives voted on an amendment that would have repealed many of the act's components. However, it was narrowly defeated. So technically, the War Powers Act still around. Has the check and balance system ever not worked in this country? Do you think? Thinking no. I would say there are probably a couple instances where checks and balances were basically thrown to the wolves, in a sense. Ah, okay. Where basically one branch of government was like, I'm doing what you say. Mm -hmm. So anytime in my life, not just on this podcast, but in my life, I can talk mad shit about Andrew Jackson, I will. He was the first president to use the veto as a political weapon. Before him, very few presidents use it. Granted, he was only the seventh president out of 45, but he used the least amount of veto, or everybody before him used the least amount of vetoes. Jackson would veto shit because he didn't like what it was it meant for him and his political party. Mm. So during his two terms in office, he vetoed 12 bills, which is nothing compared to like currency, like, you know, 20th century presidents, but that was more than all of his predecessors combined. Furthermore, he defied the Supreme Court enforcing the policy of ethnically cleansing Native American tribes, which is the Indian removal or Trail of Tears. Mm-hmm. He stated John Marshall, who was the Supreme Court justice at that time, has made his decision. Now let him enforce it. That is one of my favorite quotes because it shows how much of a dick Andrew Jackson is. John Marshall had an amazing Supreme Court, but because of what Jackson did, he was like, look, you as a Supreme Court say, I can't force Native Americans to sell their land and move. 
and I can't just take it because you said that there was a treaty signed before I was president and I have to abide by it. And Jackson was like, no, how are you going to enforce me to do this? And he set the Supreme Court back by doing these things. So have we had other instances? Yes. Like I mentioned with um, FDR, when we had the New Deal, our country was so hurt during the Great Depression. So you have FDR who would try to circumvent Congress. He would try to, again, he wanted to pack the court. And while you can change a number, we've had only nine justices for so long now that it feels like that's the number. It's written into that constitution of ours that the Congress can control. So if we ever feel we want more justices, we can. So if you are upset with who won the election, just remember, write to your congressman to be like, I want you to pack the court. Or you can be like, I don't want you to do that. Because again, it's your civic right to reach out to any person's congressman at this point, because you can also fund all of them. So we've done a little bit about checks and balances and all that fun stuff. Is there anything that you liked or learned or would like to reflect on? I learned a lot today. (laughs) I'm not going to lie. I learned a whole lot today. Like you said, I haven't gone over this since I was like in middle school. So, you know, it was a really nice refresher. And a lot of the stuff I did know makes a lot more sense. Right? Yeah. Do you want to sing a song about what you learned today? Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here's my first ever singing on this podcast. And um, if you're done learning, this, this might be the time to cut off. Otherwise, you can stay. And critique and maybe rejoice that I really did not finish out this music education major that I originally started college with. Okay. <clears throat> you are my checks and balance it is. You make my Congress work with my president. And even if they start to fight, judicial will come and set them right. <laughs> I like the clapping. <laughs> Marie, you learned some stuff. Totally did. And uh, we all heard me sing. I'm blushing. Thank God you can't see my face. With that, I hope you guys learned a little bit about your government as well as checks and balances. And hopefully you'll tune in for the next time that we have one of these super fancy episodes. And with that, I hope you have a fabulous rest of your evening. Bye. Bye. Bye.